The following program is being brought to you on the 7th Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit 7thWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. You've entered the realm of 1111 Talk Radio. Your host is Simran Singh. It's time to discover your own language with the universe. Learn to empower yourself, broaden your mind, open your heart, and discover who you are. Now, here's your host, Simran Singh. At 25 years old, John English found himself at death's door with the knocker in his hand. He was in a place where his life was a complete mess and he felt miserable. There were suicidal thoughts, and he was in complete depression. And in the hospital, he had a flash of insight where he saw how he created all of his problems. All of a sudden, there was no room for victim mentality. John English is the award-winning author of The Shift, and now the little book on relationship. He is the founder and chairman of Dreamtime LLC, a company whose mission is to assist others to make positive shifts in their lives and to live in the power of their spirit. He's an international speaker, shamanic healer, and successful entrepreneur who writes about a variety of holistic subjects, including meditation, energy healing, shamanism, and the medicine wheel. I'd like to welcome John English to 1111 Talk Radio. How are you, John? I am doing very well, Simran, and and thank you for having me on your program. It's a pleasure to be here, and I look forward to having a conversation with you and, and your listeners. Well, it's great um, because I, I really enjoyed your book. It's it's it is a little book on relationship, but it is power packed with a lot of information and some wonderful stories that I think people can very much identify with and uncover some of the blockages that are plaguing their lives. Because you have done it in a very practical way, in a very simplistic way, that individuals can really work through this book and see themselves. So I applaud you for this work and this gift that you've brought forward, and all of the work that you're doing. I'd love to let them know the story that led led you to make a lot of the changes in your life that you ended up making that, that a person can read through the book. Well, the, I, I really liked what you did with my introduction and, and you know, discussed, you know, re, you know, discussed the things that are in the beginning of the book, and that was my moment of clarity, as you mentioned, and I, I just realized that we create all our own problems, and, um, you know, I was going to die. And that began um, a very powerful uh, feeling and energy in my life that, that I know from the medicine way, that where we have death as our friend. And if death is our friend, then we live fully. And from that moment on, 22 and a half years ago, I decided that I was the creator of my own life and that I had to live fully. And that's basically really how I live. And um, I, 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 it was interesting what you said about the little book because 
it's practical and laid out in a in a format where people can you know follow along step by step, and that is due to my former career where I was um, a type of engineer, and so and the it's a little book so it doesn't waste anybody's time. Um, so in the business that I was in before I got introduced to shamanism nine years ago, I we had to be very conscientious of time, and everything had to be done as fast as possible, but at the same time to the level of accuracy that was needed. And that's what I tried to do with the little book. So you're the first host to bring that up, so I'm smiling on the other end of the phone here. <laughs> well, I've always believed that you know every step of our life, whether we would want to call it, quote, good or bad, um, they, they're all steps that really prepare us for every piece of the journey, which in actuality ends up being a life of service, although we may not realize it, it ends up being a life of service to ourselves and to humanity. And I think the most powerful statement in the book for me was where you wrote, I really didn't know how to live. And I think that that's something that if people really sat with that statement, they might find out that they really don't know how to live. Many people are not living. They're walking around either numb or the walking dead. And we have to first recognize that that might be where we are. Yes, and that, that's what I recognize. I remember I have a kind of a funny story about that. It was only two years later, and I bought our first house. And we had a bunch of our friends... And it was in Illinois, and we had a bunch of our friends and family coming over because we couldn't afford to hire movers, and we rented a great big truck to move about 25 minutes away to a place that was more kind of out in the country. And it, as luck would have it in Illinois, as fate would have it, I should say, um, the, it rained. It was pouring out rain. And, I remember, and it was a brand-new house. It was a little, little bitty house, but a brand-new house. And I remember being all concerned that, you know, I can't ask these people to take off their shoes when they come in and out of the house, and they're going to be moving stuff in and out and thinking about how, uh, you know, how messy the house is going to be and everything, and it's brand new, and I was driving in this truck that was completely packed with all our belongings and people following me, and the truck broke down. Mm. And it was, the kind of, it was a big enough truck that you had to climb up onto the motor to see what was going on. And so here I am, I got this, it, I got this hood up, on this big truck, and I'm kneeling on top of a hot motor, and it's pouring down rain, and I'm trying to figure out why the, why the truck uh, stalled out, and it just hits me right there, and I had to laugh. John, you have to learn to accept life on life's terms. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. You said something else important that I'd really like for you to expound on, and that was that you have to make death your friend. Can you speak a little bit to that? Well, there's actually... Uh, universal law and an energy that we work with in our lives. And that energy is referred to as death. And the process is death of the old and transformation. <clears throat> Excuse me. And all of what, one thing that I find fascinating is that all of the traditions that I've studied anyway all point that, you know, the physical death is actually a transformation. And, and I would probably say that the majority of people on this planet believe that. Well, you know, we are working with death all the time because there is a natural ebb and flow in our lives. Things come and go in our lives. And 
when that when it's time for something to go, the energy of death shows up, and that could be a job. It could be a relationship that the relationship needs to change. It could be um, you need to get a new car. <laughs> it could be anything in your life. But what happens is often people will hang on to whatever that thing is because they don't identify with their spirit. They identify with what they have. And when death shows up, there is going to be transformation. It's universal law. Well, that's really powerful how you state that, and it really and it leads into um, another area that I discovered about the book. You really help to define what certain terms mean, and and that's another place where I think a lot of people need to sit back and really understand, okay, am I going to take the definition that society has told me this is, yes. or am I going to sit with my own spirit and discern what is this definition for me? So in this case, you are, you are accurate. Death, death happens all of the time. It really does. And, and when we hold on to whatever is dying, then we suffer. Most definitely. Now, there's another, there's several places where you, in a sense, redefine certain words, and fear is one of them. Yes. You talk about fear being one thing that most people know, but fear in the sense of this book you term as something else. Yes, and, and we, we work a lot with fear, too. There's, there's four natural enemies of the medicine person, and the first one is fear, the second one is sobriety, the third one is power, and then the fourth one is old age. And I'm just going to touch briefly on the death thing because it, it brings a couple of things that we've already talked, uh, just briefly touch on it again. It brings a couple of things that we've talked about and it kind of ties them together. Okay, great. So you, you, in the introduction, you talked about the, the life-threatening time in my life. And the reason that that was such a life-threatening time is because there could never be enough for John. I had this zest for life. But the problem was there could never be enough smoking, there could never be enough drinking, there could never be enough food, <laughs> and the list went on. And the, and the, and the drinking and mind-altering things that I did were the ones that almost killed me. And what I did is by making death my friend, I turned that, that, that power that I had of, of always uh, taking things to the limit and way past the limit I turned that into my greatest gift of power in this life, which is to show up fully and give every moment everything I have. And I, the way I refer to it my students is I squeeze every bit of juice out of life it has to offer. And that ties in what you talked about, um, things are not bad and not good, because what almost killed me turned out to be my greatest gift of power. And, and that's what most people end up discovering if they really let themselves succumb to that challenge or that pain or that difficulty that shows up in their life, if they really allow death to occur. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. Toltecs will say that everything in your life is there because you have intended it at some level. And that's, that's huge for a lot of people to wrap yeah, their heads yeah, around. Yeah, I, I know. Because so many times people will say, you know, these are situations that I would never put on anyone. These are horrible things yeah. or these are tragic things. Why would I intend this on my yeah. life? Yeah. And, the, you know, for the, the onus is on the conscious person to work and figure that out. And so to fear, what was, what was so, interesting of it, what's so interesting about fear is, you know, in the, to, to, in the Bible it says, fear the Lord thy God. And what's fascinating about that is that fear actually means to be wide awake. To be wide awake is, is, is what that means. 
to, to remember that you are one with the Lord thy God, or you are one with the one spirit. And I was having a conversation with a friend of mine, and we decided to see if we could eliminate fear from our lives. <clears throat> Excuse me. And um, two weeks later, I ended up meeting a shaman, and that's how I got started in the medicine way, and that was nine years ago. And at the time, I thought I had fear pretty much under control, and um, I realized that I didn't. And fear is all about either um, reliving the past and reliving the past and projecting it onto the future or some possible future scenario. And it's a survival instinct that the ego has taken and run amok with. And what I found is that we really can live a life without fear and that we, we will always have that survival instinct, but if we work with with fear as an energy, it's just a power as an energy, then it will trigger within us what the right action is. And in trying to eliminate fear, for many people, the problem's going to be in regard to the identification because they're going yes. to want to identify their bodies or their egos with yeah. it instead of really recognizing that it's their, their true essence. I am here today with John English. He has written the little book on relationship, How to Guide Your Life with Meaning, Purpose, and Power. As we go through this hour, you're going to find that many words are redefined for you, words such as death, fear, feeling, warrior, conscious person. And sometimes in redefining and creating a new dictionary for ourselves, we can empower ourselves towards new lives. He is the award-winning author of The Shift and the Little Book on Relationship, and you can contact him at his website, mydreamteamllc.com. For our listeners on the West Coast, he's going to be in Seattle next week doing healing sessions, and he will be in Phoenix in November. We now have 1111 Magazine nationwide through Barnes & Noble, so I hope you'll run out and get a copy today, or you can go to our website at 1111mag.com. We'll be right back with John English and a little bit more about relationship. Your online community for positive change. Seventh Wave Network. We all want peace. We all desire a more meaningful life. We work hard to achieve these things, but at what avail? The key is authentic living with Andrea Matthews. Andrea will interview some of the great spiritual experts of today and will provide wisdom to help you raise your consciousness to the level of your own I am. Your authenticity can give you miraculous gifts, but you have to know how to get there. Listen for Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Heard live every Wednesday afternoon at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the 7th Wave Network. Have you seen 1111? Do you wonder why certain numbers keep showing up in your life? 11, 111, 22, 33, 444. People all over the world are seeing 1111 and learning the language of universal communication. Subscribe to 1111 Magazine today. www.1111mag.com 1111 Magazine is a bi-monthly print publication that offers a rich, multi-sensory experience. As you engage with experts and topics of consciousness, become enlightened, empowered, and energized so you live a passionate and authentic life of conscious choices. 1111 Magazine, a daily staple for lifting the mindset. 
Discovering the Heart and Stepping into Conscious Living. 1111 Magazine. Order now at www.1111mag.com. 1111mag.com. Mom? Dad? How long should I wait for you? Mom? If I'm at soccer practice. What if something happens? Will you come get me? There's no reason not to have a plan in case of a terrorist attack. Mom, if you're not home, should we go to the neighbor's house? And some extremely good reasons why you should. Can you tell me? Everybody should have a plan. Take five minutes to talk about where you'll meet and how you'll get in touch with each other in an emergency. For other things you can do to be prepared, visit www.ready.gov. A public service announcement brought to you by the U.S. Department of Homeland Security and the Ad Council. The new home for visionary positive change. Seventh Wave Network. listening to 1111 Talk Radio. If you'd like to join today's discussion, please call in toll-free at 1-866-472-5795. Again, 1-866-472-5795. You may also send an email to info at believesc.com. Now back to 1111 Talk Radio with Simran Singh. Over 20 years ago, John English realized that our problems in relationships arise from the way we see ourselves and others. In the little book on relationship, John shares his techniques for empowering relationships, a process he has been developing for over two decades. Meaningful relationships are a wondrous aspect of our lives and make up much of our relationship with life itself. Once we discover that there is power in relationship, we can transform our lives into many different directions. You can contact John at MyDreamTimeLLC.com. That's MyDreamTimeLLC.com. Welcome back, John. We were going through some definitions, and we had talked a little bit about death, and we had talked a little bit about fear. And I think we finished off in, in discussing how there's a challenge for many people when they start to eliminate fear from their lives that they identify that with the body and the ego instead of with their true essence. Yes, and the the way a what we would call a medicine person or a luminous warrior uses fear is it's the trigger to be alert, to pay attention. And that's whether I'm at work and I'm I'm working with a client or someone for to, for one of the listeners, whether they're at the office or no matter where they are, it's about it's about paying attention. And I I think that the, the the problem, you know, I was talking with my mentor recently, and we were kind of having uh, a conversation, and a deep conversation, and, and we even had to chuckle that you can really almost track everything back to an identity crisis. Not an identity crisis that most people would think of, but the crisis in identity of what you spoke, that they identify with their physical body or with their life, um, and the things that they have, maybe their possessions or their job or their relationships or whatever it is, instead of who they really are. And what the warrior does is when there's fear, he or she immediately goes within and identifies with their essence. And I've found that the easiest way for people to find that is to go right into their heart center, which is at the sternum. And if we go in there, there is peace and quiet, and there is no mind there because it's the energy of the heart. And 
we become aware of our essence. So one of my favorite things to do is, is guide people in heart-centered meditations, and then they can get into that space and feel their essence and then train, retrain themselves so that whenever their fear does knock on the door, they immediately go within and pay attention. Well, and that's very true. We, uh, in, in the next issue of 1111 Magazine, it's actually based, the theme is on an open heart, and so much of it talks about the shadows and the masks that we wear. And all of these things you're discussing, in a sense, are masks, whether it's our career or whether it's the persona that we display or whether it's the image that we have. Um, All of these things, in a sense, are masks, and we have to uncover and allow those things to um, at least be put aside for a period and go into that center space. And and that brings up something to me that is, an amazing way to go about eliminating fear in your life is, is all of these things that we're talking about, the house I'm sitting in now, my computer, um, all the things that I do in my life, they are what people normally refer to as, as my life. It's not my life. Life is the essence that gave rise to all those things. Life is the essence that created all of those things. And when we get in touch with that essence, we realize that it is never going to go away, that there has never been a time when it hasn't been, and there won't ever be a time where it won't be. And we can use fear to trigger within us to pay attention there, to focus there, and find out what's really going on. And and to put it in the terms of a warrior, what is the real battle? And the real battle is never with anyone else. It's not with the boss. It's not with the other driver in the car. It's, it's not with my computer if it's having a bad day. It's not with any of those things. The real battle is to find out how I can help tra- what I, transform John. It's about transforming John and finding out what's really going on with John so that he can change it and live more time in that essence. And as you know from reading the little book, that's why I wrote it. Yes, definitely. And, and, your usage of the word warrior in the past few minutes is also another one of those words where you define it beautifully. And you begin by speaking about one of the, the main Toltec teachings, which is about impeccability. Yes, impeccability is a big word. And I remember the first time I heard it, I said, I don't know if I can do that. <laughs> can it? But the way we define impeccability is what we previously covered a little bit, is to show up fully and do your absolute best that you can in each moment, in each situation, in every relationship. And what's so amazing about that is if, if we just take a little time to realize a couple of key points. The first one is, can you show up in whatever situation it is and act upon knowledge and experience you don't have? No, you can't. If you can't show up and, and into a certain situation and act on knowledge that you don't have. You don't have that knowledge. You need this experience to obtain that knowledge. And as you know from the book, knowledge is, comes to us, true, real knowledge comes to us from experience, not from reading a book, but from experience. And moving and, through that experience is, is actually what creates true wisdom, and that's the basis for so much of what we create in our lives is to gain the places of wisdom is that what you what yes you yes exactly and if but how often do we expect ourselves to act upon knowledge that we didn't have 
And then the ego gets involved, and then fear gets involved, and we just end up beating up, I should have done this, shoulda, coulda, woulda, I I should have done this. When this happened, I should have acted that way. But at the time, if you were being impeccable and doing the best that you fully can in that moment, being fully present, there's nothing else that you could do. That's true. You can really only do the best you can with the knowledge you have in the moment. And the warrior knows that if he or she lives in that way, that then the things that happen after an experience where a lot of people tend to beat themselves up because they didn't go, it didn't go the way that they think they wanted it to go, the warrior knows that that's all ego. And um, in that case, that something needs to be reviewed and within their lives and the energy of it needs to be cleared. And, that, and that's the techniques that I have in the little book on relationship, how to find out what that thing is that needs to be changed. And you stated that being impeccable with the word, living the life of the luminous warrior, does mean to live a conscious life that's centered in the heart. And the heart is synonymous with Christ consciousness, but that has to do with feeling. And that's another area where you gave a definition of feeling that might be different than what our listeners have been used to to knowing. It's, it's interesting and quite common that most people equate feeling with emotion. And feeling and, mo- and emotion are separate. It's like action and reaction. You know, one of the first things a conscious person tries to do is get a hold of a 10-second gap or create a gap between action and reaction. And there is a gap between feeling and emotion. So that's the first common mistake that people think is they think that feeling is emotion. Um, emotion is the expression of, of, a, of a feeling sometimes. It's a, it results of... It can, in other words, a, a feeling can cr- be creative in, into an emotion if the person doesn't know how to work with the feeling. And what we, we determine feeling as the expression of irrational knowledge. It's the expression of your intuition. And I tell a story in the book about my wife and I and how we completely changed our lives and moved to another part of the country by working with a feeling. And what, what the luminous warrior learns to do is... When he or she has a feeling, they don't search it with the mind. They let the feeling inform the mind. Because the luminous warrior knows that if he or she brings in the mind, that they will only interpret that feeling based on their current view of the world. They will only interpret that feeling based on their past and their programming. And as, as people in the West, we have to realize that we're in a very mind-oriented society. Yes. We try to think through everything, and that may not be the best way. That, it's certainly gotten us into trouble. It, re- it really has, and it corresponds with cosmology, because the, the feeling principle was first. The, the Christ, the, what Toltecs refer to as the intent, as you know in the chapter that I get into cosmology a little bit, or the beginning, creation, that was first. There was the void, and then there was intent, the feeling principle. I have found, Simran, that using feeling to navigate life is just incredibly powerful. And how much are you feeling? Are you allowing yourself to go into the definition of feeling that John English speaks about? He is the award-winning author of The Shift and the Little Book on Relationship, the founder and chairman of Dreamtime LLC, a company whose mission is to assist others in making positive shifts in their lives and to live in the power of their spirit. John underwent... uh, 
depressive period, a suicidal period, and ended up at death's door with a knocker in his hand at the age of 25. And it was in this moment he received the insight that he had created all of his problems. It's time for us all to really allow ourselves to understand that we are responsible for our creations, and only then can we take the power to move forward. You can find out more about John at MyDreamTimeLLC.com, and we will be right back to discover a little bit more about the little book on relationship. Be Extraordinary. Seventh Wave Network. Have you seen 1111? Do you wonder why certain numbers keep showing up in your life? 11, 111, 22, 33, 444. People all over the world are seeing 1111 and learning the language of universal communication. Subscribe to 1111 Magazine today. www.1111mag.com 1111 Magazine is a bi-monthly print publication that offers a rich, multi-sensory experience. As you engage with experts and topics of consciousness, become enlightened, empowered, and energized so you live a passionate and authentic life of conscious choices. 1111 Magazine, a daily staple for lifting the mindset, discovering the heart, and stepping into conscious living. 1111 Magazine. Order now at www.1111mag.com. 1111mag.com. Are you looking for life's balance? Look no further than 7th Wave Network. We're bringing you Life's Balance with Shaman M. Let Melody McBride take you on a unique listening experience. You'll explore the world of alternative health. Learn about the many facets of healing. Preventative lifestyles from children to seniors will be discussed on the show. Listen for Life's Balance with Shaman M. Broadcast live every Monday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time and 2 p.m. Eastern Time on 7th Wave Network. It's the healthy side of life. Let peace and balance be yours. The results indicate your child has neuroblastoma. There's evidence of metastasis. We need to schedule a bone we'll need to perform a surgery. After you hear your child has cancer, chances are you don't hear anything else. CureSearch.org connects you to the most comprehensive research and advice on childhood cancer and to other families who know exactly what you're going through. CureSearch.org. You're not as alone as you feel. Brought to you by CureSearch and the Ad Council. Listening on a higher dimension. Seventh Wave Network. You are listening to 1111 Talk Radio. If you'd like to join today's discussion, please call in toll-free at 1-866-472-5795. Again, 1-866-472-5795. You may also send an email to info at believesc.com. Now back to 1111 Talk Radio with Simran Singh. Welcome back. We are very excited to announce that 1111 Magazine is now in Barnes & Noble nationwide. The current issue has some wonderful articles uh, featuring Donna DeLore, an amazing singer that is bringing world music to a new level. Also, Chandra Rose of Light, who speaks about moving through the many different... Uh, 
places that we have as we allow our feminine emergence. And there are also articles by Dr. Zigong Shah speaking about soul wisdom and MRI dream seed and his visionary art. Our next issue, November and December, is based on an open heart, and there's an incredible article with Peter Roger, a filmmaker that has traveled the world for the last three years asking the question, what is God? And also uh, a candid interview with Debbie Ford and her new movie, The Shadow Effect. So definitely get on board with 1111 Magazine and allow yourself this gift that will support you in self-coaching and also opening up to new concepts, ideas, tools, and teachers. I am here today with John English, who is an award-winning author of The Shift and the Little Book on Relationship. His website is mydreamtimellc.com. He will be in Seattle next week and in Phoenix after that. So you can connect with him if you're one of our listeners on the West Coast, and we will bring him to the East Coast fairly soon. We were talking about redefining some terms in our lives so that we can uh, view them in a different way, and we've discussed death and fear. We've also talked about warrior and feeling Uh, One more that I'd like to touch on before we move on to another area of the book is conscious person. Uh, As I I mentioned when we were talking earlier, I really moved back and forth between, was I going to call it a luminous warrior through the whole book or a conscious person? And and I went with conscious person because I think it's something that uh, most people can relate to. And a conscious person is someone who is alert, someone who is wide awake, someone who is respectful and at the same time self-assured. Um, the conscious person is someone who knows that they are not a body, that they are a spiritual being having a human experience. So when the conscious person has these different experiences that we have in our lives and they always involve relationship, then, then the conscious person knows that this is all about growth and that's so I can know myself more deeply and so that this other person that I'm involved, involved with can know themselves more deeply and together we can know the great gift of life more deeply. Um, so that's pretty much how I just define a conscious person. You know, there was one other powerful comment in, in the book, John, that I really, uh, and it was at the very beginning, and you were talking about the power of relationship, and you had given some scenarios where people might say, well, you know, I don't have a lot of relationships. I don't really interact with people a whole lot. I kind of do my own thing. But, in fact, we have a relationship with life. So just in that sense, we do have to work on our relationship because that there is a relationship with life and there's a relationship with self. So all of these things are very important whether or not we decide to interact with other people. They really are, and it's one thing that we all have in common is this relationship with life, no matter what culture, creed, geographic location, religious beliefs. It's one thing we all have in common, is we have a relationship with the great gift of life, and we get to play the great game of life. And I'm looking so forward to when more and more people realize that, because I I really feel that that's our work in this world, is when we is for those of us that do realize it, to live that way and be that example in this world, and and then hopefully someday there will be a lot more peace on our planet. Well, and the thing is we can have it our way. I mean, we can have the lettuce and the veggie burger and the tomatoes and the, you know, the, the, the bread that we want. We can have the whole thing, but uh, many people feel like experiences 
that bring suffering and pain, they just kind of want to turn their back or they want to shut the door. Or there are individuals that wonder, why do I keep ending up in the same relationship over and over again and just changing the face? And there's a reason, and you, you speak to it within this book. Yes, I do. We, we even joke around about it. Uh, the conscious person or luminous warrior stubs his or her toe and then says, well, why would I do that? Why would I create that? So um, all of the things that we, as, as you know, in the book I discussed, I go more into the universal law of attraction and point out how that is always at work. And if I'm having an experience that I would choose, if I had my choice ahead of time, I would choose not to have this experience. Um, I own that I have attracted that into my life to learn some lesson. So for the conscious person, there really isn't the bad and the good. That kind of duality seems to melt away, and the conscious person uses all of those things in their life to become empowered and to spend more time in that place of knowing who they are more consistently. You know, I had a client that came in last week, and she said, but being conscious seems to be more painful. It almost seemed like it was easier when I didn't know. And but we were at, she was actually in a place not of not knowing, but she was in a place of not living, not being alive, actually yeah. literally being dead walking. And, and I understand that. And in the beginning, sometimes it can be that way. Um, that's why in the medicine wheel program that we have at Dreamtime, the first order of business is to shed your past and your programming, to remove your social conditioning. Um, and, and I understand in the beginning, sometimes it can be like that, but as soon as the person, and that's why so often it takes a threat of death or cataclysmic change in a person's life for them to wake up and do what's necessary moment by moment to embrace being a conscious person. Because we have patterns, we have beliefs that we stay entrenched in, and unless it hurts bad enough, we are not going to change. Well, we don't want to change, yeah, unless it hurts bad enough. But once a conscious person gets far enough along, and has, the way I put it in the book is once you have a taste of who you really are, you will never be the same. Most definitely. Yeah. You also have a statement in the book that says transformation is movement towards freedom. And that was uh, that was a fun one to to come out of me. <laughs> it is transformation is movement towards freedom, and and the life of a conscious person is 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 really about moving toward freedom, toward being a completely free being. Which in the in the way of the medicine person or warrior, we would describe that as being a fluid person, and and that fluidity goes into perception. So we could apply it to what we were talking about before. An experience happens in our lives. Um, a lot of people would term, de determine that it was bad. But what the luminous warrior will do is, is use the power of perception, and because his or her perception is fluid, they can look at it from any way that they choose. And as you know in the book, I go through working with mirrors and navigating the unknown and, and the techniques for having a fluid perception and being able to look at things differently. What's really interesting is my life today was impacted, and we're talking about being an award-winning author. None of this was in my life. Award-winning author, everything that I'm doing today, by a man who was in a car accident and broke his shoulder and he was rear-ended, so it wasn't his fault. And he broke his shoulder, and he lost his sobriety. 
And that's how this all got started. If he didn't break his shoulder in an accident that wasn't his fault, then, and lose, then he wouldn't have lost his sobriety. If he didn't lose his sobriety, then him and I would have never met. And if him and I didn't, never met, then he would have, we would never have had the conversation about removing fear from our lives. And that conversation of removing fear from our lives resulted in me um, just having the amazing honor, privilege, pleasure of being able to help thousands of people. And, and that's what's so exciting about the life journey is sometimes if we just take a moment to step back enough and see where these little gems of experiences, things that in the moment we might have thought were were horrible or terrible or hurtful, they might actually be the gateways to they, to experiencing what it is we really came here for. They really they really can be. They really can be. And that's why being a conscious person is so powerful because that person is wide awake. They are wide awake and alert. They pay attention. I always tell my students, pay attention, pay attention, pay attention. If you're if you think you're paying attention, you're not paying attention, you're thinking. <laughs> and um so then the other thing that the, the 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 conscious person is is they are respectful, which means they respect that there are forces in life, universal law that shape the destiny of humanity and us individually, and that these forces are always working with us. And um, the other thing is to be self assured that we are a part of the one spirit and. So often people forget that piece because they're so used to doing the ego flip-flop. Their ego was so out of control before, building themselves up, that they now beat themselves up. And to be self-assured. Well, now tell me, because a lot of people will battle with their ego, and the ego gets us to feel either less than or better than. There's, there tends to be uh, a foundation of self-importance that comes up. And talk a little bit about that. It's... The, I love the acronym "Edge God Out" is one of the which, in in terms of what we're talking, it means that the person is not focused on their true true identity, and the ego has a host of tricks. And one of the most powerful ways that I found was actually in a book I believe written by David Hawkins, where he said, "You surrender your ego to God." And then you surrender the energy behind your ego to God. So in other words, the source energy of your ego. So what I did for a, a long time in my life is, is whenever there would be an ego thought or like that, I would, I would go into that prayer. I would say, I surrender my ego to God and I surrender the energy behind my ego to God. I'm here today with John English, who is an award-winning author of The Shift and also the little book on relationship. He's a family man with three children, and he has done numerous national one-day workshops. He teaches the journey toward empowerment through Dreamtime's Medicine Wheel program and immersion into the ancient wisdom of the Caro of Peru. He is, his sole purpose is to assist others in making a positive shift in their lives and to live in the power of their spirit. You can find out more about John English at MyDreamTimeLLC.com. He will be in Seattle next week and in Phoenix later on, so you can find all of that information on his website. We'll be right back to learn a little bit about how John trusted his feeling and made a big move.
Awakened Media for a Transforming World. Seventh Wave Network. Just what is Skills USA? Skills USA specifically prepares you for the workforce. Skills USA empowers students to connect with a network of people. Skills USA allows students to connect with business and industry, to manage their education, and to really get a feel of the real world. Skills USA. Find out more on the web at skillsusa.org. Experience higher love, an archangelic journey into ascended joy and authentic living. Your hosts, Sri Ram Ka and Kira Ra, will assist you to open your heart, expand your love, and be ever-present with true joy. Your journey with Sri and Kira begins right here on the 7th Wave Network with Higher Love, Wednesdays at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern. Have you seen 1111? Do you wonder why certain numbers keep showing up in your life? 11, 111, 22, 33, 444. People all over the world are seeing 1111 and learning the language of universal communication. Subscribe to 1111 Magazine today. www.1111mag.com 1111 Magazine is a bi-monthly print publication that offers a rich, multi-sensory experience. As you engage with experts and topics of consciousness, become enlightened, empowered, and energized so you live a passionate and authentic life of conscious choices. 1111 Magazine, a daily staple for lifting the mindset, discovering the heart, and stepping into conscious living. 1111 Magazine. Order now at www.1111mag.com. 1111mag.com. Listening on a higher dimension. Seventh Wave Network. You are listening to 1111 Talk Radio. If you'd like to join today's discussion, please call in toll-free at 1-866-472-5795. Again, 1-866-472-5795. You may also send an email to info at believesc.com. Now back to 1111 Talk Radio with Simran Singh. John English, author of the little book on relationship, is with us, and he would tell you that you have a relationship with life. As long as you are living here on this planet, that will continue to be true. He will also tell you that to change your life, you have to change your life in order to save your life. And he will also tell you that once you accept this, you have begun the path, the path of releasing victimhood and becoming the powerful being of your birthright. And that is what he has done through following his intuition, allowing himself to have the breakdown so that he could have the breakthrough, allowing himself to uh, connect with the synchronistic encounters and the many ways of Toltec wisdom, shamanism, and the different teachings that he now embraces and also guides others on. John, I'd love for you to share in our last segment um, a little bit about how you trusted and followed your feeling and actually picked up and moved, because I think there's so many people in the world that 
live with their condition, uh, live in their situations feeling bad, and don't realize that their feelings mean something and that by listening to them, they really do have the chance to change their life. They, they really do. And as, as we discussed a little bit earlier, the first thing is that feeling is the expression of your in, intuition. It's the expression of knowledge that is irrational. And my wife and I, we both grew up in the Midwest, in the Chicago area, and we got married very young. And later on, after we'd been married, I think it was about 10 years, 15 years, something like that. I can't remember exactly. I've been here 14 years, so um, 13 years we were married and was when we moved. But when we were married 11 and 12, 10, 11, and 12 years, we started to take vacations to the West. We bought a conversion van, and we took a little. We took a young family with us, and we camped and vacationed. And the first time that we came home after like a ten-day vacation, we we felt just. Uh, I, I'm struggling for a way to say it here, but kind of mildly bummed out. Maybe a little bit more than mildly bummed out, and we we just thought it, that it was because vacation was over. Well, the second time, the next year, we took a two-week vacation. And when we came home, and we really felt a pull, a feeling when we were here in the West, that something's going on here. There's a feeling we have when we're here. It feels like home. Um, it's exciting, all of these kind of things. And then when we got home, that the way that we felt when we got home was, was worse. It was the way most people would describe it. We had trouble really getting back into our lives there. We, you know, we started to get down on where we lived and things like that, which was action that came from that feeling. And we worked through it and all. And then the third time, we went for three weeks. And when we came home the third time, we felt what was even basically maybe even mild depression. And we sat down and we made a list of everything that we wanted to do in our lives, and we realized that we wanted to move out west. And by realizing that and working with that feeling, which is also synonymous with power, we were able to pick up our young family, our, I had my own business at the time, and move it all the way across the country, where no that, one lived in our family or anything like that. That takes a tremendous amount of courage, though. I mean, to pick up your family, to go somewhere where there's no one that you know, uh, to have to move a business. Yeah. That all takes a tremendous amount of courage, and I can see where a lot of individuals would say, okay, well, that's my pipe dream, and maybe one day, but right yeah. now it's not practical. But if death is your friend, and you realize that fear triggers you to be alert, and you know that feeling is synonymous with power, all the feeling that was coming to my wife, Lori, and I was all the power we needed to do that, to, to, to spark within us the courage to, to make that move. And we get this opportunity, and in Toltec terminology, I love the way they put it, they call them instances of opportunity. And there is fate, destiny, time, and power all combined in those instances of opportunity. And if death is our friend, and we're going to show up fully and give life the, the best that we have, we have this one life. We have this time now, and we have to follow our heart. And our heart has the courage to do what our real being, our, our true identity, wants to do in this life. This life does not belong to the personality John English. It belongs to what we refer to as my dreamer, my true identity. And that being 
is powerful enough to manifest an incarnation on planet Earth with the perfect scenarios for waking up. So that being has enough power to make all of these things happen, including give you enough courage, give the listener enough courage to do what they feel in their heart they have to do in this life. Absolutely. And just based on some of the laws that you also put in the book and that that many people are hearing about and reading about on television, on radio shows and magazines, you talk about the law of reciprocity. You talk about the law of attraction. um, You talk about the mirrors in life, the different things that show up to help guide us. And if, if, if people would just allow themselves to recognize that if I were in a place where I loved my life, where I loved my job, where I loved the people I was with, where I was doing what I really wanted, every door would open up. Every synchronicity would happen because you're living in such a high feeling. You really are, and that feeling comes from your spirit. Your spirit uses feeling to guide you. And that feeling guides you in the way that your spirit, your true identity, wants to live this life. And that's how all the synchronicities are created because we are all group conscious at that level. So my spirit will attract or my true identity, my dreamer will attract Simran into my life and and someone else that Simran knows and then all the pieces of the puzzle fit together because the dreamers are all working together to wake up to wake up their incarnation, to put it in filter. Yeah. Yes, and like attracts like. Really you talk a lot about mirrors in the book and the different types of mirrors. And those mirrors that show up, they're either going to reflect where we are in our victimhood state or they're going to reflect where we are in our blissful state of living spirit. Uh, they're, they're just going to show up to tell us where we are. They really do. And mirrors are amazingly powerful. And we have a saying that the luminous warrior can read the mirrors of life with stunning accuracy. I, I never, I never cease to be amazed after eight, nine years of how powerful reading mirrors is. Because any time that I need to know where I'm at, all I have to do is pay attention to what the mirror of every person and the universe, the world itself, shows me. If I'm not in the right space, it will show me. I will attract it into my life. I will attract it into the universal mirror or I'll attract an experience out of someone else. If I'm in my space of my greatness, the greatness we all have in common, then that's what I'm going to see in other people, and that's what other people are going to see in me. And those mirrors are not there to help us say, oh, wow, that's me, I, I, I need to be better, or I need to, you know, uh, to be harsh on oneself. They're really there to say, where is this within me, and, and how can I become better, and who am I meant to be? And we can also see mirrors in terms of more powerful people and discover our power by acknowledging those powerful people in our lives. And I'd like to acknowledge you, John English, for the work that you're doing, this wonderful little book on relationship. I'd like to urge our listeners to go to his website and definitely get a copy of the little book on relationship. It is www.mydreamtimellc.com. And 
find out more about John, his different appearances, his work, and his books. My guest next week is Will Linville, and we're going to discover an amazing story of a man that was 400 pounds on his deathbed, and he gave his body to a beautiful spirit that wanted to come in and teach humanity about the essence of love. So join me next week with Will Linville, and John English, thank you again for being on the line. Thank you, Simran. It was uh, my honor and privilege to be with you today. All right. To all my listeners, uh, go out and get your copy of 1111 Magazine, and I look forward to talking to you next week. Until then, be well. Thank you for stepping into the doorway of conscious choice with 1111 Talk Radio. Please join host Simran Singh again next Thursday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time for another enlightening edition here on the 7th Wave Network. Remember, shift happens. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the 7th Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit 7thWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.